You're listening to Two Beers Until Phrenesis, a podcast where we discuss the ideas of philosophy, ethics, religion, history, and culture. Alongside regular guests and friends, we discuss some of life's big questions over a few beers. Enjoy. Hey, how are we going to start this? Are you ready? Sorry? Yeah, I'm ready. Didn't ask you. Yeah. No, no, I'm ready. So, secularism. Yeah, that's a fun topic that you chose for us today. Well, I think it is fun because it's one of the most important debates going on at the moment. At the moment? Yeah. Well, you know, look at Turkey. Yeah, that's actually a really good example of that. We should probably start by defining what the hell secularism actually is. Yeah, that's a good start. Um, You've given that job to me, haven't you? Yes, I did give that job to you since you are host. Right. Well, essentially, it can mean a lot of different things, which is really annoying. I was speaking to a Christian a while back in the pub and he was like, I'm not a secularist. And I got the sense he actually was. I just don't think he... Understood the term? Yeah, I I think he meant I'm I'm not an atheist. But a lot of the time it has this crossover with like atheism or materialism or whatever. But we're talking about it in like a political sense. The, The separation of church and state. Yeah. Basically. But there's a little bit more to it and, and why that should be a desirable thing. And it's not to say that you can't be religious and also believe in the separation of church and state. There are plenty of really good religious reasons, very strong theological reasons why you would want that separation. Yeah, um, It's not just like a, a trick that atheists use in politics. <laughs> yeah, I, I the research I've, I've been doing, you get a lot of people who, on both, you know, the who are secular and and who are not and they both have the same opinion that it's like an atheist trying to take over the world that they're trying to Mm. manipulate the world by getting rid of religious power and i think they often look to countries like russia or albania or cuba to say that it's the uh socialist countries or Mm. ones that are a bit more hard right now after the fall of communism I mean, China is probably the best example then of where people say this is a secular country. Look at them, though. You know, the quick counter argument, obviously, is that China isn't secular and China has a religion and that religion is Marxist atheism. Yeah, it's it's important to remember that regimes are effectively religions and proper secularism in the sense that we're going to advocate today is more about protecting religious people than Mm -hmm. it is denying them any sort of right in fact it's it's like a neutral playing field so that all religions can enjoy all their rights so mm-hmm. long as they don't infringe on others yeah. and the problem is there's a lot of leeway in that yeah so it's, a, it's quite a, a vivid spectrum really yeah when it comes to where a country wants to fall on it and how they want it to go about protecting religions or if they're protecting people from religions so looking at this definition a little bit this idea of like removing any bias or privilege by separating the official influence that a religion has in political institutions so that like a certain religion can't dominate other people that don't feel that way Mm. because religion by its very nature is like it's subjective it's based on a sense of faith so there are obvious reasons why you would want to stop that from being just pushed on to people it's like it it should be something that people come to yeah freely yeah that's that's quite an interesting definition actually because that goes quite against what you'd assume america would be when it comes to you know the the pinnacle of secularism, which you think was America, written into the Bill of Rights is you know defining freedom from religion and freedom of religion. Yet at the same time, one of the biggest lobbies 
in American politics is the Christian. Yeah, well, they're a very... America's a very interesting case because they were influenced by the Enlightenment, just like France. So the collection of thinkers and largely atheists, but also a lot of Christians as well, who were trying to look to more material and... So we're going to use the word secular here, but secular in this context means more like this worldly. Yeah. Secularism as a political idea is the separation of church and state. You also have this idea of secular as like a secular ethics. or mm-hmm. So that sort of does mean non-religious. And that's, that's where I think a lot of the debate people, gets a little bit yeah. confused. Yeah. And I think people just think, oh, you must be like an atheist. You must just be want to push atheism onto everybody. And that's not the case. So yeah, um, France and America were kind of influenced by the same milieu of of thinkers, people like John Locke, Holyoke, the kinds of people who uh, came up with the idea of secularism, people who were sort of advocating liberal rights, anti-slavery, progressive ideas that we have today, mm-hmm. democracy, and of course, science. And these are yeah, people like Voltaire and Spinoza were saying stuff like this, but they came out with very different ideas of secularism. Yeah, and how, how to achieve it as well. Yeah. Do you know anything about France and their, their idea of secularism? And- yeah, I've got like a limited idea of France. And basically their idea is that religion is the detriment of man. Yeah, and that, that, basically, that was how it started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it basically comes out of the fact that they, obviously having the estates that they had, the French, they had the noblemen and then the clergy were its own elite class, that they had this situation that they thought, wow, we're being ruled not just by elites, not just by kings, were being ruled by God and his representatives on earth, as it were. Yeah, supposed so, representatives. So, yeah. It's so. like, yeah, I mean, go watch Les Mis. That's, that's that, isn't it? That's the French Revolution. Oh, God, no. That's a, that's a separate small revolution that failed. It's like one of oh, the July it? revolutions. Yeah, they all died. Never watched it. No, they all died. They lost. Right. Pointless. It took them like another like 20 years before they actually got back into back. <laughs> well, yeah, so... <laughs> There was a French Revolution at some point. Guillotines were involved. They got rid of the monarchy because they associate the monarchy with an abuse of power and they wanted a secular government in place. But their idea of secularism didn't then protect the rights of the religious. On paper, it sort of did in a lot of areas. It took a lot of uh, kind of adjustments to their legislation. But generally, they were using secularism as a political tool to push the church completely out so public worship was banned they never like completely banned religion in a private household like some regimes did Mm -hmm. i think albania they actually stopped people from owning bibles and things which is crazy but i guess that's like communist states they kind of do things like that but (laughs) yeah we have all the power yeah so instead they were just trying to prevent religious figures from having any real influence Mm -hmm. and the problem is they they realized there was a gap, spiritual gap, straight away because they were one of the first places to really enact it in historical terms. They were one of the first places to do it, and they realized that you know it's a new idea and, and there was a big cultural gap. And they actually started doing like this cult of reason thing to to, to fill in like the public yeah. holidays and the all the, and it was really weird. Like yeah. people people were supposed to go around dressed as like the goddess of reason and. Yeah, so Joan of Arc and, yeah, a, and other other figureheads in in French history. They tried to replace God and morality with people who did moral things, but they tried to remove the God out of most of it yeah. and the religion from it. Well, they they went a completely different turn. Whereas you look at the American Revolution, and while 
they were secular in the sense that they wanted freedom for religion, for all religions. They were also predominantly Christian. And therefore, moving on from it, they didn't have that lack of a moral compass, as it were, or like a moral identity. And yeah. they, they formed their own one, which was based on a lot of Christian beliefs. Yeah, so they, they'd escaped religious persecution in the old world. So yeah. when it came to creating the new, they were looking at people like John Locke, thinking, well, we want to protect our rights, but there's a lot of different denominations of religion here, Yeah, or at least Christianity. They weren't really thinking about other religions as such, especially not the non-religious. So yeah. it was really to protect their religious freedoms. Mm-hmm. So that's the interesting thing about secularism, and I think it's why it's an idea worth defending. Although it can be abused, as it has been abused in some way in uh, France and America, in both places it's protecting religion and it's protecting people from it. Yeah, one more than the other. Obviously France more protecting its people from religion, whereas America was protecting its religion from others. Yeah. So it was, it was enshrining that they had religious freedom. So secularism is is far from being anti-religion. But in the American instance, is there to protect their freedom to practice what religion they want to. And in France, obviously, is trying to take it away. But at the same time, they're not removing people who are religious, just their authority mm. from you know, obviously having any power, which is the whole point of secularism. Do you know anything about India? Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, though, in India. And... I actually think, do you want to say what the India bit is and I'll try and make the connection yeah, well, with America I'll, for you? Okay. Um, so, a little bit of, I think we're going a bit too fast here. So, mm. uh, you tell them that and I'm going to pour a drink. Well, India's always had lots of different religions. It's always been very culturally and religiously diverse. Generally, the, the people in India read the Vedas and religion evolved from these collections of texts and the main sort of philosophical principle is Dharma, which has no real translation into English. And it can mean a lot of different things anyway. And a lot of religions developed out of this. So there's, I'm talking about Hinduism. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and their of course, Hinduism isn't really a single religion in, in and of itself. So even at the very beginning, and Hinduism being the oldest known religion, India has always had lots of different religions in a sense, even if you just think of Hinduism itself. So you've obviously got the Jains, the Buddhists, and later the Muslims invaded. So the you've Mughals. Got, yeah. Um, you've got that empire, that caliphate going into India. And there's probably more friction than ever before. But I think in a lot of cases, there was a lot of harmony, especially when you think of like uh, Sufis and stuff. They, they sort of got along together. There was a lot of tolerance being breached. Um, yeah. But in some cases, there really wasn't. There was a lot of violence. You get the Indo Greeks. That's a lot of yeah. mashing together. Yeah, yeah, a lot of statues. You know, I think I mentioned it the other day that the um, forgive me for my ignorance of not knowing things. What is that golden that uh, silver statue, Connor? Oh, Ganesh. Ganesh. You have ones of Ganesh, and on either side is Hercules. Mm, yeah, it's really weird mashup of culture. Yeah, and India's always had that. Um, and then of course you got the Sikhs coming in later on, mm-hmm. and their whole spiel is really like nobody can know the ultimate truth. So, again, a lot of room for religions to be more tolerant of one another and to, to have to exist together if in some capacity. Yeah, or, you know, collide together. Yeah, there's also, well, yeah, they do collide. There's also the Bhakti movement, which was a big sort of Hindu movement, which emphasised a more private kind of religion rather than public. So, yeah, a lot of room for secularism. And, like, it's obviously something that's 
needed some kind of framework like that. Mm-hmm. It's always had some form of secularism. The whole region was never one particular religion. Yeah, well, it makes perfect sense to have that as a secular society for purely administrative reasons. Yeah, and this is one of really the really struggled at that word the, out then. Yeah, well then, this is one of the <laughs> the big pros of secularism itself, which is just the pragmatic argument. Even if you're a religious bigot, you can at least accept that secularism works in a lot of countries. And it allows for this big multiplicity of lots of different variants of religions to actually dialogue with one another and, and to, to harmonize. Mm-hmm. And it's not entirely unique to the modern world as well. Um, trying to think of examples in the past. Egypt was a big multicultural hub for a long time, allowing Jews to pray, mm. which when other countries but didn't. Then, yeah, but then you go down a different path if you're trying to argue that because they're not exactly secular no but they are tolerant tolerant because you know you get things like the ottomans the ottoman empire was incredibly tolerant towards christians and jews um obviously being the islamic caliphate but you still had tolerance within the empire so i wouldn't exactly say they were it was secular i wouldn't i think the greeks had a kind of similar idea of secularism but mm-hmm. again actual secularism doesn't really come about until the enlightenment but anyway, yeah. seeing this massive boiling pot of all these different religions, people like Gandhi and uh, Nehru, okay, probably just butchered his name. These people were really influenced by the Enlightenment and by a lot of those ideas, even if they were Hindu themselves. Mm-hmm. Some of the reformists and the anti-colonialists, and that's another religion that was there, Christianity. But again, they weren't there to turn everyone into Christians, although they certainly did try with missionaries, but yeah. they weren't exactly there to convert they were there for lots of other reasons but Mm -hmm. conversion wasn't the main one so that's another religion added to the mix so in order to deal with a lot of these religions they adopted secularism uh, which came through in waves after the british left the problem is especially with the differences the very stark differences between muslim sharia law and hindu law secularism doesn't really work in the context that you'd think it would here so there was this case where this this last was getting a divorce from uh some Muslim man mm-hmm. and basically because she was a Muslim the Muslim community were like well she doesn't get anything because she's a Muslim and she knows that because she's willingly a Muslim trying to apply like a civic law for everybody yeah, is the problem because they were saying that is the Muslim community they were saying well you're applying Hindu laws to us as Muslims so that's the opposite of secularism because you're pushing your yeah. religion onto us and so weirdly secularism in india is like a third kind so it's not protecting the individuals from the state and it's not protecting the state from the religion it's protecting people from each other basically all these different minority groups india is a really interesting case and turkey just renounced their secularism didn't they yeah in the last few years which i think is mad because they they did a they did really well at the start of turkey 1923 proper independence proper independent country go secular renames constantinople istanbul tries to get away from that you know heritage of the ottoman empire tries to become secular becomes a neutral power yeah they do so well and then they go back to becoming a religious state i don't know how you can go backwards well it's always been a problem in turkey the problem was this reformist revolutionary who was an army officer he basically became a statesman and i think it was a coup but he basically took over and I mean, this was a slow process anyway. There were things happening like slavery being abolished and 
democracy being installed and homosexuality being decriminalized, the decline of the Ottoman Empire. But basically you had a situation where there were schools alongside religious ones that were secular schools, not teaching religious curriculums. They've they've gone backwards in recent years. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like secularism is often seen as a more progressive thing. Yeah. And I think there are very good reasons for that. I think it's rightly so. Mm. Um, but it's just really interesting, um, as well as some of the Islamic countries, to see that process being reversed in some cases. Because a lot of people, when the Enlightenment came out, <laughs> just it came out like it was a toy or something. Uh, when the Enlightenment happened... Rolled off production, yeah. Yeah. Some people thought that it was just this natural evolution of progress, that it was it, this was going to be the modern world from now on. It's yeah. just really interesting to see some countries being like, no, back to back to it, like back to a few ideas that we kind of had in the middle ages with a lot more nuance and a lot more reverence. Cause it's like, you know, things like established churches and theocracies aren't, they aren't really relics of the middle age. They do no. have some arguments. I mean, I, I wouldn't argue for them, but it depends where you are and what the community is, I guess. Yeah. Say in the Vatican city, that works. That makes perfect sense to have a theology there. Yeah. Wouldn't make sense to have it in, you know, Bristol. <laughs> well, the thing is saying a country is a theocracy it's quite a strong charge and there's only a couple of countries i think the maldives and saudi arabia that can truly claim to be actual examples of theocracy in the modern world yeah to actually believe that they are run entirely by religious leaders yeah and that those religious leaders the laws that they pass are directly from god directly divine mm -hmm. a lot of countries have laws that are religiously based so a lot of Muslim countries operate on a, a law which is like, it's based on the Sharia, but it's also kind of to elements of secularism. Yeah. And that's that was the case for a, a long time. And I mean, it, even in, so like Martin Luther in 1520s, he was saying that there's God's law and then there's our law and the two aren't comparable. So things in the real world, for, the, for lack of a better term, are... This material world? Yeah, they, they are the product of humans and they're flawed compared to god's yeah. will I and mean, no one can know god's will so there's always going to be that gap and that was well, actually one of the first examples really of a christian i mean aquinas said some things before in the, in the 1200s mm -hmm. you know obviously people in the ancient greek world were saying that but a lot of that was lost for a while but generally it was in the middle ages that thinkers started to be like well hang on okay i'm religious but maybe there's a difference between actual laws and god's law yeah maybe we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. Maybe we should accommodate for other religions or ways of thinking, or maybe we shouldn't think that we're all it. Yeah. And that was, that was the start of secularism really. Then just heretics then. <laughs> yeah. But then I think you mentioned actually Hollyoaks. Mm -hmm. um, not Hollyoaks, the show. No. Which I've never watched. Never watched it either. No. All right. But yeah, he tried to in like 1841 define secularism for himself. And then he kept having to argue that he was religious and that, well, he was an atheist, but he had to argue, sorry, agnostic, and he had to argue, no, I'm not saying that, you know, religion's awful, but, you know, this is the right way of doing it. Britain, the UK, is a Christian country in terms of, has the Church of England, the head of state is the Church of England as well. Yeah, so this is this is slightly different to a theocracy, which again, yeah. they're very rare. There aren't that many around now, yeah. but there is a danger of more appearing and they aren't particularly good because they literally it's literally against the law to be anything other than that state's religion yeah you can't leave that religion everything is is there's no distinguished difference between 
the government and the church. The church. They is are the they are yeah. exactly the same thing, and that's problematic because it takes something that arguably, and I I would argue, I think a lot of Muslims would argue this as well, because we're talking about um, Saudi Arabia in particular. But I think they would argue that it it is something that's private and spiritual and mm. experiential. It's something that somebody has to experience themselves. Yeah. And there's also yeah, there's loads of theological arguments like, well, why did why didn't God just make everyone a Muslim to begin with? Because free will is 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 a, a, a large yeah. part of it. It's um, a test. They, they get more points if they convert. Yeah, but it's like, why, why would you come to God on anything other than your own steam? God surely doesn't want forced converts. Then there's no choice involved. What value does your faith have if it's just a forced upon someone? Yeah, it's like that's not a that's not a real decision. You were just forced into it, and a lot, a lot of like so Baptists would recognise that as part, a very core part of what they believe. Um, I'm pretty sure other denominations of Christianity have very similarly strong beliefs about free will free will in a political context mainly as well yeah but yeah so england's not like that no but it does have what's called an established church and obviously that's because henry the eighth wanted his leg over basically yeah yeah so, so yeah we so say we have an established church in this country and this country is not obviously secular yeah although you can, you can, it has a very strong secular ethic and it yeah. has a very like less than two percent of, of people go to regular worship Mm-hmm. that's how mental uh, when, uh, weekly worship yeah and also the most young Christmas people and all that yeah. yeah most young people identify as atheist mm-hmm. and non most people say they're christian but most people also say they're non-religious mm-hmm. so i think that's that weird thing where it's like well people think that christian means good person or that they live in a christian country yeah. or something it's like you're not christian not really. You, you you might believe in God. That's yeah. not the same as being a Christian. And like living as a Christian isn't really the same. You know, if you're a Christian, I think you take it much more seriously. So we're a Christian country in the sense that we have some archaic laws left over from... Archaic law and the hierarchy is set up to be religious. You know, the lords. Um, yeah, house of lords. You get bishops. Bishops, sorry, not priests. Yeah, bishops. Uh, bishops but you also then have the other religions are actually there as well. Not by mandates they're not they don't have to be what bishops no. do and that's the that's the problem mm-hmm. and i see the, the queen actually defended this and she said well i think it's misunderstood it's not it's not like a we're not forcing religion on everyone what we're doing is it's a better alternative than a secular state because it, the church of england is so lovely and basically what we do is we we welcome everybody and part of us being a christian nation is being really really fair and tolerant and so it's actually the best platform for other mm-hmm. religions to be in this country. And I don't necessarily... Can't, you can't argue against that, really. I don't necessarily disagree with that. What I do disagree with is like, well, then you're a very kind host, but as an atheist, I can never feel like this is my country. I'm a guest in someone else's home. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem with it. And also it's just like, well, why not... if if calling you're calling something mm. that something it is why not just say why not just adopt secularism and just say we have a very proud heritage christianity but it's not going to be reflected in law mm. yeah but then you've got to well, go to america where they are secular where they are predominantly christian a lot more ultra christian than we are here mm. a lot more militant as well and you think to yourself well if you're in a community surrounded by nothing but bible bashers and you're an atheist you're going to feel more out of place there in America yeah, than you are here where you're not even, where it's not even a secular country. 
They are secular in belief, in constitution, in Bill of Rights. And yet at the same time, they're literally bashing you over Bible going, no, in God we trust. Yeah, well, I, I think the in God we trust. Did you hear about the recent flag in Mississippi? No, Missouri where they, or Mississippi, one of the two, where they finally got rid of the Confederate flag in, off their actual state flag yeah, and, and then replaced and then put, it with in God we trust. No, 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 no. You can't do that because it's you're... <laughs> It insinuates that everybody there believes in God. And it's just like, you have to leave those two things. Yeah. So well, it's on the dollar bill, isn't it? And God we trust as well. Yeah. But that was added later on in like the 1940s, I think it was. Well, you can believe in God and be an atheist in some weird way. I was about to say, what yeah. a great way is that? Can I do that? You can have a metaphorical God. <laughs> Einstein did. Just do, just pretend it's that and just pretend it isn't exceptionalism. Yeah. But no, America is a, is a good example of a, a weird secular country. I think France is probably the best example of a secular country that works yeah the problem is france are very overzealous and they've run into a lot of problems with, with how they're treating certain cases which probably like give some examples of what secularism is in practice um as opposed to just talking about how certain countries have and their attitudes to religion mm-hmm. um so wearing a religious cross when you're an nhs worker and then saying things like i'm going to pray for your health and then sitting there and praying. Okay. I would say, wear the cross, do not pray. Yeah, the praying is... Uh, I agree with you that the praying is 100% over the line. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they're going to... Unless they're like friends with that person, well, they probably shouldn't well, be even that, them. Even that, I wouldn't want that happening. I want, you know, them to do their own thing. Profe- yeah, yeah, you want professionalism. I don't mind them wearing a cross. You know, I, I put down wearing a cross the same as having a tattoo. Here's the thing. Religion is a lot more meaningful and a lot bigger than politics. But I would be really weirded out if a doctor came in wearing like one of those little um, bands that seem to have gone out of fashion. You know, those like rubber bands you go around your wrist yeah. support a certain charity. If you had one of those that said like vote conservative, I'd be like, uh, sorry, is that a uniform? Like, <laughs> I don't really, it's not really the place for that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if somebody wears a cross or a fucking tattoo saying like hail satan i find that hilarious it is kind of the same thing and it's like well i don't really want the nhs to be thought of as a religious organization or to favor one religion over another Mm -hmm. and if it gets to a point where everyone's suddenly wearing crosses um i don't know you have to make exceptions for certain people because i I, I'll obviously there's or just have it covered up yeah that's a thing yeah of course yeah like they would normally you know tattoos can't be on the arms and stuff and coming yeah. on the face or hands i don't i don't mind it the only problem i think one of the more recent cases was that it was a health and safety thing that it was like a bracelet and they were wearing it during that makes sense though yeah exactly or like it was a certain material it's like you know there's mm. there's a code for a reason it's like you can believe what you want you take off rings you have a uniform exactly you can't like wear jewelry and stuff it's it and it's saying that it's really meaningful to you. It's like, well, a ring could be really meaningful to you, but you still have to take it off. It's a, it's a uniform. It's yeah. like you're there to be a professional and do a job. Also, yeah, it, it, this so this nurse recently was like praying for one of her patients mm-hmm. and spending like lots of time. And I think, well, that's that's not quite your job. Your job, that's a job for a chaplain to come in and pray for you. Which they have. They have chaplains. They, also have, they also have atheist chaplains, which is great. What do they do? Um, they talk about the meaning of life with you and oh, you get really depressed. <laughs> I thought they were just looking over the body going, I hope you get better. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up to them. Yeah. No, they do They do podcasts and it's the, really yeah. depressing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
There's other examples. People refusing to work on a day of rest for their religion. I find that very problematic. Yeah. Because, one, yeah, fair enough. You you might literally not want to work the Sunday or a Saturday, depending on who you are. Or seven-day Adventist as well. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm a Christian too. All that happened, except it was Saturday instead. It's like, right, yeah. great, okay. Great, excellent. Thank you for that input. Yeah. Yeah, but like that, I just like, I think if I owned a company and I worked, you know, my company worked, was open on weekends and one of my staff came up to me and said, hi there, by the way, uh, I can never work Saturdays or Sundays mm. because of my religion. Well, another employee of mine will want to do this and they come to me and go, oh, I can't work Saturday because I'm going to drink in. I can't, I thought you need to work because she can't work or he can't work because it's their day of rest so I need you to cover. It's like you're then prioritizing their religion over someone else. Yeah, I get I get that. Um, see, and I, I also think that religion, it isn't necessarily a choice. And I, this is something I've been coming to the realization of. I don't think religion is a choice, but I do think you have to be accountable in some sense for the religion you have. It's like faith, Ooh, I like, like that. experiences that's, that's of faith good do happen to you as opposed to you picking you just going okay i'm going to be a Sikh today oh by the way i can't do this or that and that you know i can't eat pork or whatever. it's it's like i do think i do think it happens to you but i also think that when you're coming down to specific theology and choices i do think it is then you saying that so if you say i can't work saturday and i do think it's pretty much the same as somebody saying i have to visit my aunt on a saturday yeah yeah, it, it it is still a choice, but I but I I would say it's an incredibly meaningful choice, and as an employer, I would take that very seriously. It's just in terms of law, do you then? Well, that's the thing. You can't discriminate on religion now. No, I don't, since two you couldn't before, but since two thousand and ten, yeah, obviously you 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 couldn't do that. So if you're through the interview, and you're hiring for like a a Sunday job, yeah. and you're interviewing, they say, oh, they got perfect qualifications, they're perfect for the job, and they go can't work Sundays actually because of this you could say no to them obviously because they can't work Sundays but then they could probably go to a tribunal well I know I, I, I think that's to do with the job description the job is yeah. working on a Sunday because it's like okay um, we're, we're hiring a female stripper mm. and I'm just giving a, you a, a, a male yeah, turns I'm just giving you an example of like how yeah 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 I know how crazy something like the situation mm. could get but it's like yeah but I don't think that would be a problem because like if you if you were hiring for a female stripper and then a man turns up you're like, well, we didn't say a man. It's like, oh, you're discriminating against me and my gender. It's like, well, no, because you say you're a man and we were asking for a female. So this is like totally the different thing. Mm-hmm. Or being like, we need English speaking people to do this job. Or like, or we're asking, we're asking for black or Asian people to counsel immigrants that have had traumatic experiences who might not want to see a white person. They want to see somebody of their ethnic background. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's in the job description in those particular instances. And I think like a Sunday is exactly the same thing. It's like, well, we're asking you if you can work Sunday and you can't work Sunday. So no, thank you. No, yeah, we can't really accept your application Mm. based on that. And I do think religion is more of a choice than other um, protected characteristics like age and gender. You can't choose those things. They happen to you. Wow. You can choose your gender. That's a whole thing. No, I don't think it's it's a choice. I think it, it, you you feel yeah, that way. Yeah, you feel it, and then you choose to identify. Yes. Now, yeah, but it's the thing: is religion a choice or is it not? And it's like, yeah, I, I I'm coming around to the idea that it isn't a choice, exactly, because it does happen to you. 
It is something you experience, mm-hmm. but it is still more chosen than others. Ethnicity. Yeah, know? of course. So I think there should be a little bit of leeway in, in that regard. But yeah, um, there's some really interesting cases and it's really difficult to decide what to do. It's like, so Native Americans as part of their religion were like fucking like bonging up on the job, like just fucking going crazy <laughs> yeah. on like loads of hallucinogenic <laughs> drugs. And it's just like, um, okay, but well it's part of your culture and your culture, religion. Yeah. Uh, this is an American court, obviously. And they were like, well, we kind of took all that away from you and kind of made you work in supermarkets and things rather than on reservations. Yeah. I think they ruled against them in the end. It's just a like, shocker. It's just what, like, what a shocker. Yeah, it's just, against the Native Americans. Yeah, it's just like, well, you, ca- you can't really do that. Yeah. It's just like, well, okay. Well, that's what I mean. That, that it, How far does secularism go? Yeah, it's it always the, breathing it, room. Okay, Aztecs. Yeah. Used to do human sacrifice. It's, yeah, this is, this is another idea that, really that came from the Enlightenment. It's called the harm principle. And it's, you probably come across it studying history. Uh, it's this idea that I think it's it's kind of been taken in the modern day as like, well, you can do anything you like so long as you're not harming anyone. And I, and I think this is sort of where it comes from. And it's it's Mill's harm principle, John Stuart Mill. And he's basically mm-hmm. saying you can do anything so long as it doesn't infringe on someone else, other, everyone else doing what they want to do. Yeah. And of course, there are lots of revisions and nuances to that idea. And that idea is really part and parcel of what secularism is as well. Because it's just, it's again, enforcing people's individual liberty as well as providing yeah. like a practical framework for things to Just, work yeah provides a practical universal law that everyone can build upon and as long as you keep within those those boundaries you can practice whatever you want to do yeah yeah that's yeah a, it, it makes it f- fairer for everyone and keeping people's freedom as well and, their, and mm-hmm. their dignity to to do what they want as well in principle and practice so yeah it's just a shame that not everybody kind of has this understanding so i was talking to i said a christian in a pub in a pub a while back standard yeah and um they were actually there to like proselytize and they were like handing out leaflets and shit oh god and that sounds was i there no oh, no you weren't he still owes me two quid actually <gasps> take it from the communion next time yeah find a church anyway what was i saying yeah um so we were talking and i explained what secularism was that it was actually started as a religious principle almost with the the reformists and things in the in the 15th century and i was saying like it's there to protect religious rights Mm -hmm. it just means that the government doesn't have a particular sway in a certain religion that it can't prioritize a certain denomination it's like you're a your church of england it's like you wouldn't want methodists or seventh-day adventists you know, having their privileges in law, they're getting their taxes exempt, that being taught in schools as as like the truth, and then your religion not, the only way you can guarantee that protection of minorities and the majority is, no religion. It, is to have no religion. That's not atheism as well, because atheism gets the same treatment. So why would you not want that? And he's like, well, I just, you know, I think God's word is is the law and we should all follow it it's just like yeah you think that other thing other people think other things so this is another idea the veil of ignorance imagine that you couldn't guarantee what color you were what sexuality you were you were going to be born any second and you were like oh god i'm going to be like reincarnated any minute now Mm -hmm. 
it's the lottery of life. I don't know what kind of person I am. Tall, short, whether I've got a beard or... We fucked up the lottery, didn't we? Small cock. Yeah, we, we did. <laughs> uh, so... Um, Try again. Yeah. So any of these, any of these things... Under that, under those conditions, yeah, under those conditions, would you want equality? Yeah, surely you would want secularism. You couldn't guarantee your religion in the next life. You'd say secularism, so you're a fucking hypocrite yeah. if you say you don't want secularism because that's just you banking on privilege. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, "Oh no, slavery is a good thing." It's like, okay, well, uh, what if re- you were born a slave? Yeah, reincarnation's coming around. You might be born black. Oh no, slavery's bad now, is it? Ah, yeah, <laughs> thought it was. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the veil of ignorance is a very useful sort of um, tool Tool of liberalism. Yeah, it's a really good really good thing to think about whether you want to decide whether something's a good idea or not. Blank slate, you know. I'd, I quite like the idea of if we became a secular country. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to forget our Christian roots. I do think it's a little bit annoying when people say we're a Christian country. It's like, well, yeah, we're also a lot of other things. In this instance, obviously, I did describe us as a Christian country, but only because, for the sake of this argument, and, and because we actually are. But I'd never go around going, oh, yeah, you know what? We're a Christian country. Hmm. I'd say we're a liberal democracy. Yeah. And then that's about as far as I go. Secularism helps. I think all it does is just protect people. It tries to help them as best as it can, using tools that it has at its disposal. Yeah. And I think... If you don't want to be secular and you want to prioritise one religion over another, you've really got to ask yourself, you know, why? And a lot of people do it because it keeps them in power. Yeah. And a lot of people do it because it is easily to corrupt the masses using a religion. Because, you know, religion is the opium of the masses. It's the thing, right? Um, Opium of the masses quote is often misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Did I misquote it? Well, kind of, yeah. Because opium's good for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, Marx didn't actually mean that religion was bad. He thought that people love religion because they're oppressed and it's like a escapist thing. Yeah. So it's opium in that sense. Not that the ruling class use religion, but oh, they do though. Specifically, what he meant was like people are oppressed, therefore they turn to religion. Marx saw it as like the expression of human suffering he mm-hmm. saw it as like a thing that people do when they're alienated yeah. by the means of production not that it was a, a a tool for oppressing people itself even though obviously it, it, it was it was a collective and that's the weird thing about communism it's like but it's what's weird is communism then just started like trying to destroy churches it's mm-hmm. just like no because mark said when communism happens there won't be a need for churches that people will abandon religion off their own steam. Yeah. But you seem to be sort of worried that that it it's going to stay. And it's well, it, was, like, it was a whole jump, you know, it was a... Yeah, so you clearly haven't read Marx. No. Well, Russia, I think, was probably the, one of the, probably the worst country to actually adopt bloody communism because it didn't have... It wasn't industrialised enough. So mm. there wasn't that... that uh, that proletariat there ready. There was there was a lot, because obviously Russia's got a large population, but there wasn't enough as what you'd think. You know, Germany would have been a much better country to do it because they had a lot more proletariat and it could easily create that perfect utopia. Whereas Russia had too many... It, try, it tried too hard to advance itself once it became bourgeois. I think it's a big misreading of Marx as well. I, I, oh God, I, don't, I said bourgeois. 
I meant mm. I meant Bolshevik. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. No. I, I think I think secularism can actually be enforced quite quite harshly, and I think although a lot of communist countries became effectively an atheist religion, yeah, I think that it's also possible for them to just have been a bit harsh as well, even if they didn't go full whack with the whole communism is a religion thing. And I, I think it's I think that also puts a lot of people off that secularism isn't always practical and it can sometimes lead to whatever but it's like it's the exact same with democracy it doesn't mean you abandon democracy Mm -hmm. just because something has some flaws or maybe certain contexts don't quite make it easy Mm -hmm. it's the best situation it's not about being perfect secularism is far from perfect in fact by its nature it's a compromise but yeah the alternatives are far worse you just end up oppressing people. Yeah, only, either, no, way, either way you go. Yeah, there's no way around it. It's like, do you want oppression? No. Well, it's like a flowchart. Well, secularism. <laughs> go, go around a corner, go yeah. around a circle. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> <laughs> do you want secularism? Yes. Well done. Yeah, well done. Do you, you want bet. secularism? No. Do you want women to drive? No. You are Saudi Arabia. <laughs> In one of those women's like magazines. <laughs> Help magazine. Literally. Yeah. Do you want secularism? Yes. Do you want secularism? No. You're Turkey. <laughs> You're Turkey, yeah. Should we leave it there or have you got anything else? No, nah, not really. Finish on a high. Fucking hell, I like that. <laughs> I fucking love testing audio like.